From the Montana Kaiman, University of Montana's independent student-run newspaper, this is the Kaiman Cast for the week of March 28th. I'm Austin Amistoy. Missoula is a recreationist dream, but for many Americans, the idea of accessing the outdoors is only a dream as well. The U.S. Forest Service says while people of color make up 40% of the population, nearly 70% of visitors to public lands are white. Now, two grassroots organizations in Missoula are aiming to narrow that spread. Here Montana and Latino Outdoors Missoula are headed by two UM alumni who discovered a love for recreation they're now imparting on other Missoulians, one adventure at a time. On this episode, a conversation with Aaron Castellanos and Alex Kim about breaking down barriers to the great outdoors. Today, I've got Aaron Castellanos and Alex Kim with me in the booth to talk more about the programs they lead and their journeys into the outdoors. Erin completed her master's in environmental studies at UM in 2021 and founded the Missoula chapter of Latino Outdoors, a nationwide program dedicated to engaging Latino communities in outdoor activities and ensuring Latino heritage, history, and leadership are respected and present in outdoor recreation. Alex Kim also graduated from UM in 2018 with degrees in communication and media studies and photojournalism and founded Here Montana through Missoula Parks and Recreation in 2019. That program is focused on creating access and representation for Black, Indigenous, and people of color in Montana's great outdoors, providing transportation and equipment for all participants. Alex, Aaron, I am so thrilled to talk with you today. Welcome to the Cast. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. So I wanted to start with your guys' sort of overlapping journeys. Um, you guys, I believe, at least knew each other or before or during when you were creating your respective programs. Um, so tell me about how you guys uh, first met. I think you guys both have had some involvement with the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation. I can probably jump into it because I think the first interaction Alex and I had had was um, through my portfolio um, when I was still a student here at the university. Um, I was leading a Q&A as part of my portfolio and um, on that panel um, I wanted some national representation as well as local representation um, for inclusivity in the outdoors and you can still find that Q&A to this day. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's kind of how I first got in contact with Alex. It was just through this work that I realized we were both similarly working on and doing and yeah, and it was a really awesome panel, and because of it, now I have my master's, and thank you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think for um, after that panel, it just kind of proceeded to partnering with the different programs that we work with, and that's led us to guiding a trip together in the Bob Marshall, and that was great. When did you guys do that? Did that last summer. Yeah, it was um, last July, and that kind of came um, at the end of my graduation. Um, so after I had graduated, I then um, got a position with the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation as their education and partnership specialist. And mm-hmm. before I had even joined, Alex had already connected with that organization um, and had already some some gears moving and 
was already planning this really cool event and I was just mm. lucky enough to tag along and kind of then be pawned on to this awesome um, trip that was already going yeah. on. How did you guys get interested in this field in the first place? Like what what were each of your journeys into outdoor recreation like? Um, yeah, so, uh, well, I didn't grow up, I guess, going outdoors or what the traditional idea of going outdoors looked like. Um, I grew up in East LA, so a lot of that, my experience was hanging out in my grandma's backyard. And to that, to me, that was like my version of nature, mm. um, you know, playing in her trees and, you know, just eating guayabas off of the trees with my cousin. And, um, and you know, we didn't need huge, expansive wilderness for that. We still created this connection with um, greenery and natural spaces mm. just from what we had. And it was always a big adventure whenever we would go to the local park, which was a few blocks away. And that was always, wow, like, you know, we're gonna, tough it in the hot sun and do this <laughs> trek, you know, yeah. four blocks down to the to the um, the park. And that to me was, you know, my first, you know, idea of what hiking was like. Um, so, yeah, I think I kind of approached the, that similar childlike um, sense of adventure when I'm out here, too, because I'm not um, from this place. Um, I think for myself, it was... Um... Yeah, a lot of trial and tribulation, but also just like um, I grew up outside or in Maryland. Um, and so I didn't really have access to the outdoors. Um, and culturally, um, the outdoors was maybe the last thing in terms of what my family and um, my friends were focused on. Mm. And so because of that, outdoors was not really like anything that I did in my childhood. But when I moved to Montana, um, I kind of realized, uh, well, I moved in Montana t in December of 2014 in the winter. And mm. so I realized <laughs> how dark and desolate this place was uh, very immediately. Yeah. And I started to look around and ask around and see, like, how are you people staying happy? Like, how do people in the state stay happy when there's so much snow and darkness? And I realized that people utilize the outdoors. And so that kind of... Um, encouraged me to look into how to do that for myself and find opportunities in that. And it's been kind of a journey of finding my own identity in the outdoors, finding out how to be happy in the outdoors, like utilizing outdoor spaces for my own happiness, mm. and then being able to kind of share that experience with people as well. Yeah, that's a great pivot point, actually, Alex. So, you know, both of you are, say you came from pretty urban areas. And of course, Montana is mostly not that. Um, and, you know, I, I grew up in Montana. So it's interesting hearing your perspectives because I sort of found myself probably taking a lot of our scenery for granted because it was just something I always had access to growing up. And that's something that, you know, both of you are aiming to um, really work on and change with your respective programs is opening up that access um, to people from, you know, inside Montana and outside. How did you sort of go about taking and harnessing your own love for the outdoors and then turning that into the programs that you both run today? For me, it was, I guess, a journey of like self-identity and self kind of like finding myself. Um, and so once I was, uh, I mean, I'm still learning about myself and learning about what I um, 
you know, just love about being in the outdoors. I hope that that's a never ending journey, mm. but I think that I realized how much, um, I can find out about myself in the outdoors. And so I, I figured, you know, if this is something, um, in particular, what I was finding out about myself was my identity, like my identity and my culture, who I was, mm. um, that mirrored with the, the, the environment that I was living in. I mean, just looking, I mean, it's one thing to go out in the woods here and like be by myself, but then I would go back into the community that I live in and almost like, and ask myself, do I see a reflection of myself out in mm. this community? And I would say, demographically speaking, you know, I didn't see that. You know, I didn't see a lot of Asian Americans that were like backcountry skiing and like going, you know, mm. back into town and like hanging out. And so I just kind of started to question um, those sorts of things and like how to how to to find myself and then how if I can find myself, then maybe I can help other people kind of like learn about themselves, learn about their own identities, grow in their identities and then kind of build a community around that. It's really great to kind of see that we share a lot of those ideologies only because that's what I think of when I think of um, my first adventures into outdoor spaces. My first camping trip was 17 family members, you mm. know, and we all went. And now I know regulations and I know that <laughs> we're not supposed to be in groups larger than 14. Um, so I'm, I'm learning, but or I, I was learning, but it was, you know, that that to me, like, was my community. It was my family. And so moving here and being so far away from so much of my family is just like this kind of common theme that I've found with like wanting to start Latino outdoors here in Missoula was that I saw that there was this huge need for community and um, how quickly so many different individuals have like reached out and said like, I didn't know there was other Latinx people out here. Hmm. Let's let's connect. And it's like, yeah, like here's a group of us. Like it's not just me. It's, you know, we we have like this really solid um foundation of participants and volunteers that are have been helping out a lot with um getting Latino outdoors started. And it's been really great to just like see more and more people um reach out to see how their uh culture is represented in these spaces. Lack of access. It looks different um, hmm. because I originally, you know, in my mind as an educator was thinking that lack of access, you know, it comes from um, individuals maybe not knowing how to recreate, right? Or um, I was trying to figure out what all the different barriers were. And in Los Angeles, you think that space, those spaces just don't exist and outdoor spaces just aren't there. However, that's not true. We have mm. the San Gabriel Mountains. We have um, the oceans that have lovely trails. Um, we have Griffith Park, which, you know, houses a mountain lion. Like how that, that place is pretty wild for a park. Um, and a lot of these spaces exist. It's just reframing what that looks like and how to, again, like make these spaces um, feel like they're welcoming. You both mentioned uh, when you were giving your answers there, um the barriers that exist that are sort of keeping, you know, members of these underrepresented groups from accessing the outdoors. In your work, what are some of those barriers that you found and how are you guys both working to, you know, lower those barriers to improve access through the programs you run? I think barriers is like, a, it can just, it's such a broad topic because I think that there are so many different identities that may find different barriers for themselves. 
um, or for their communities to get outside. I think in large, um, a lot of the access issues per se is, I suppose, like your environment and, and what environment you were raised in. And, and so um, how that relates is a lot of the participants that are with the Here Montana program you know, are moving to Montana or even maybe have even lived in Montana, but the information um, that a municipality might provide is not accessible to them. Mm. So maybe that's a language barrier or maybe that's not understanding, you know, river access laws or, you know, even fishing laws or access into national parks. What that actually means, does it mean going through the gate or does that mean you can just like walk right in? Like, what does Mm. that mean? You know, or it's socioeconomics um, where people just haven't been able to um, afford or, or have the opportunities to afford like ski gear or climbing gear or fishing gear. Like all of that is very expensive. And so I think it's a culmination of things. I think for the Here Montana program, systematically and institutionally, there's a lot of issues um, at play. There's a lot of Um, barriers to programs like this existing inside of a municipality because of what a municipality's role is in our society, which is to serve all people. And even though this is because this is serving a specific group of people, um, sometimes Hmm. that understanding on a higher level is not uh, comprehended maybe the way that um, I comprehended or or people like myself comprehended. And so I think it's, it's It's just a growing thing that, um, you know, I personally love to see evolved. Yeah, um, it's so hard going after Alex because I feel like he he covers all of the um, items. But um, I guess in terms of things that I've witnessed and barriers and how I'm working to um, help that equity line of figuring out where those barriers are, it's it's an education and mm. i think that's something that i can maybe help with more um in knowing and having that background in environmental education i kind of and i also have like a background in communication so i was just speaking with somebody yesterday in terms of figuring out like okay it's it's very similar like when you're trying to figure out what the messaging is supposed to how the messaging is supposed to change for all these different types of groups based on all the different types of recreation because there are so many barriers and so many people have all these internal things that they bring to the table that you can't know without knowing the person. So, um, and one uh, one thing that kind of comes to mind is, you know, being a Latina, like, woman, um, one, I carry a ton. Like, I'm I'm Latina and I'm a woman. So, you know, just like, and I come from like an urban setting. So um, there aren't a ton of people that look like me in a space. So being, you know, a representative in that space um, gives me that ability to then have a credibility to speak on Mm. being in the space. However, um, on top of that, I feel like it's also really tough because I, I want to encourage more women to go outdoors however it can be really scary like it can be really intimidating to just go on a trail hike by yourself and um living in that fear um and figuring out like okay what's a safe great way to um overcome this together like I mean I just admitted to my coworkers the other day you know I still get scared when I go camping like Mm. I used to go in a group of 17 people like it used to feel like this whole like safe space with like my community and now here I am backpacking by myself and 
although these although these fears exist, I do appreciate the fact that, you know, I can still come to a space like our trip with here in Montana and, you know, put on a brave face and um, really let people know that, yes, it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be scared, but we're all here together and we're all experiencing these same feelings. And in a way, it's like really bonding too to like acknowledge like I may be like a leader in this space, but I I definitely feel exactly what you're feeling. Mm. I know that there's going to be people listening to this living in Missoula, you guys who want to get involved with these groups. So I would ask, you know, how do they get involved and what sort of things you guys have your sights set on for this upcoming spring and summer season? Well, they could follow um, the at Latino Outdoors Missoula um, page and we do a pretty good job keeping that current. We have a few events coming up in April, um, such as our Semaitas Outdoors. And that event is focused on um, youth being in outdoor spaces. So we're doing some programming and that is for little kiddos. um, And it's gonna be hosted by the Montana Natural History Center. Um, They're letting us use their entire space and they've been generous enough to also offer participants that are attending that event um, a year membership, which is really exciting. Um, So um, kids that may not have access to that space. Otherwise, hopefully, you know, they'll attend this event and have that membership to explore that space all year long and see how it changes. Um, Yeah, and so we'll also have a Plantas Outdoors um, hosted by the UM Flat. And so that will be at the Pease Farm and we will be doing some gardening there. And that's on April 8th. And you can find out more on our Instagram and (laughs) Facebook. Awesome. Yeah, and for us, um, definitely following our Instagram page, which is at here in Montana. Um, and then we also have a city page if you just search here in Montana, Missoula. It'll be the first link on Google. Um, and we have backpacking trips with the Bob Marshall Wilderness Foundation, um, as well as different partnerships with the various organizations that we partner with in town. Um, we have hiking trips and rafting trips as well. Um, some of those dates are pending, so I think the best way for people to find out the most information is to add us on our Instagram page, which is the main source or the, our main way of distributing our information. Um, and yeah, just asking questions, whatever they need. Yeah. Awesome. Well, once again, Aaron Castellanos, founder of Latino Outdoors Missoula, and here Montana founder Alex Kim, joining me on the Kaiman Cast. Thank you both so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. On Monday's episode of The Second Look, Eleanor Smith highlights the -the on-the-ground impacts of Latino outdoors and how the program is breaking down barriers to recreation for students at UM. The Kaiman Cast is produced and edited by me, Austin Amistoy. 
that's it for this week's episode. Next time, when UM basketball players go pro overseas, it's not always smooth sailing. We'll share their stories. And I'll see you there.